Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the Bundesliga show. Apologies for our slightly uh, tardy starting time. Uh, not like us, because we're very efficient with our starting times usually, but uh, just a few technical glitches to get sorted out. Hopefully, everyone is doing well. Uh, we're back, obviously, with uh, another review show, match day 29 review of the Bundesliga. Uh, lots to talk about, um, uh, plenty of kind of interesting things that happened this weekend. Uh, title races, European races and relegation battles. It's all going off. So uh, we're very happy to be joined by a guest as well. So without further delay, Marco, to you for some scores and then we'll crack on and get our guest on. Yeah, absolutely. So let's have a look at the scores on the doors for week 29. So yeah, as you can see at the bottom of your screen, yeah, Stuttgart uh, were beaten 2-0 at home by Dortmund on Friday night. Then, yeah, moving on to Saturday, Bayern went one step closer to winning the title, didn't they, with a 1-0 win over Augsburg. Wolfsburg thrashed Bielefeld to pretty much go safe. FC Köln continued their excellent season with a 3-2 win over Mainz. Gladbach, the, the comeback kings, really, are starting to put a decent run of form together with a comfortable 2-0 win at Furt. Union came out on top in the Berlin Derby as well with a very well a crushing win, 4-1 over Hertha away from home. Yeah, Bolkham and Leverkusen 0-0, a very rare 0-0 draw for Leverkusen there, I think that's for sure. Yeah, Freiburg continue their push towards Europe with a 2-1 win in Frankfurt. And yeah, probably the form team of the Bundesliga, Thrash, Hoffenheim 3-0 at home, Leipzig to finish the weekend. So, yeah, over to Rory to introduce our guest today. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Very excited to have uh, a new Dortmund fan on uh, on the show this evening. Obviously, we've had uh, Josh from JJD TV on previously, but he has, of course, kind of refocused his attentions. Uh, so we need a new Dortmund representative, don't we? So we managed to get one on the show in the shape of Anton, who runs the Twitter page Glasgow Borussen, which is the official Dortmund Glasgow fan club in Scotland. Um, so, without further delay, let's let's bring him. Let's bring him in. Evening, Anton. Hello, how are you doing? How are you doing? Good, good, not bad. Good stuff. Re Reveling in the Friday night's win over Stuttgart. Um, a little bit, not as much as late, obviously for. The obvious reasons, but um, <laughs> a victory after last week, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It was a good comeback. So, uh, obviously, we'll kind of dive into our featured four segment, which, of course, is indeed going to include a bit of Dortmund chat. And, uh, well, Mark, over to you to start our countdown, and uh, we may, may as well start as, as we mean to go on. Yeah, absolutely. So let's start the countdown of the best four games of the weekend. And yeah, one of them is going to be Anton's team, Dortmund. Yeah, which is the, actually game number four on our list. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I, I think obviously if you look at the scoreline, Anton, you think like very easy win, really. Obviously, Julian Brand banging in a double, uh, a goal in both halves. But, I mean, really, the, the game itself probably wasn't that comfortable. At least I, watching it, thought that Stuttgart missed tons of chances in the game, didn't they, Anton? What did you make of that one as a Dortmund fan? Yeah, I think it could have been a different story if Kalajic was playing up front. Um, I think they'd have thrown the ball into the box a bit more, but they were a bit unlucky with a few attempts. Um, I, I think it was still kind of a comfortable victory in the end, but um, you wouldn't be surprised if they pulled it back to 2-2 because they're over kind of recent history as well. We still got they always seem to kind of get one over Dortmund then again. 
Yeah, not having the best of luck with injuries at the moment, are you, Anton? I think, um, as mentioned, I'm I'm a Stuttgart fan myself. So when I was watching it on Friday, um, obviously the first half injuries, I was thinking this is going our way a little bit now. Uh, obviously the scoreline didn't suggest that, um, but I mean, your backline's just been torn apart, injury by injury, all season long, and it's a leaky defence as well. So. What needs to happen, you know, in terms of the team? Obviously, you've got a rare clean sheet and stuff like that in terms of looking at the back line, really. Yeah, well, obviously, you've got Zola coming in from Bayern. Um, hopefully, she'll have back for, for Freiburg as well. So, I think Mori, Mori started to come back as well for right back. He was kind of decent mm. towards the, the tail end of last season as well. So, hopefully, um, he can come in and, and do a job. But I think they're, they're probably looking maybe at least another defender in there. Fields probably going to leave. Um, Paslik might not be the, the kind of answer as well. I don't think he's kind of inconsistent. So, um, but there's definitely um, room for a few more kind of quality players in there. Basically for strength and depth, because I think that's been one of the key issues this season. You've seen the likes of Chan that's all play at the back and it's, it's no good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and obviously, quite a obviously uh, the the man of the moment really was Julian Brand, wasn't it? Obviously, banging in the double. What have you made of his performances this season? Because he's been a bit in and out, really, hasn't he? But like, he's uh, he's not the most popular with the fans, from what I can gather, really. <laughs> no, I think when he signed, uh, everybody was really excited because brilliant prospect with with Leverkusen and um, done well with him, done well with the Germany under twenty one stuff like that as well. So. I mean, before he came to, to Dortmund, I was always raving about him and just telling people, "Have a look at this guy. He's going to be, he's going to be class." And then you see him in the European game a couple of seasons ago against Inter. Um, excellent goal and just hot and cold for me. I could probably see him leaving. Um, mm. I don't think he's consistent enough, like a lot of the players, and that seems to be the, the main problem. Um, we always talk about the likes of him, even the hood as well. I've been having great potential, but they never seem to kind of do it consistently week in, week out. Yeah, I think um, some players that have maybe impressed uh, more so than others in terms of recent transfer business, which is one that broke my heart a little bit, is the man Gregor Corbell, who is obviously in there, and the, the kind of stark contrast in terms of the goalkeeping quality on Friday night was was really evident. Like, um Sosa trying to put one top top right bins, Cobell claws it out. Um, and it's like, I have to say, for obviously not the first goal because Muller can't really do anything about that, but the second goal for me is really poor keeping. Uh, he's not quick enough to change his body weight uh, and get across, and he doesn't get enough of a strong hand to it. Um, have you been impressed with Cobell? I think he was one that, uh, again, not many Dortmund fans probably thought was a major signing, but he's probably been one of your better players this season, really. 100%. I agree with that. Um, when they first signed it, I was kind of wanting a more proven goalkeeper, but I kind of, I don't know so much a big name, but I kind of big, big figure anyway. Um, but I mean, I've been surprised, I think, but a lot of people have been pleasantly surprised with him. Um, mm -hmm. Probably yeah. up there, apart from Berlin, maybe up there he's been one of Dortmund's best players this season, so really, he's a good age as well, so 
Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, we can't move kind of past Dorman without asking about the manager, Marco Rosa. I mean, what what have you made of him? Obviously, he's in his first season at Dortmund. We've talked quite a bit about him in the last few weeks. You know, what have you made, obviously, as a Dortmund fan of his uh, time so far at Dortmund? Then? I think, firstly, when he, when he got announced as a manager in the kind of, um, when he was still at Gladbach, um, Terzic was in charge. And I think... Nobody really expected Terzic to do so well towards mm. the end of last season um, and won the Pokal as well. So I think that's why one of the, the reasons Dortmund have kept Terzic in, kind of in the frame, if you like, um, in the background, mm. ready to kind of take over, in my opinion, if it doesn't work out with, with Marco Rosa. But I've, again, big fan. Rosa have done, they've done excellent um, at, at first anyway, Gladbach. And it's just, again, if we had a bigger, a better squad, more quality players, it, it could be a different story. But I think it's a bit too early to talk about kind of sacking managers and stuff like that. So, mm. um, the only slight issue is they conceding the goals like four and fives at home, isn't it good? Yeah, agreed. Um, uh, speaking of the future of Dortmund, um, it will be remiss of us to not get your opinions on or what you kind of think might happen with certain Erling Haaland. Um, and if if he is to go this summer and you are to cash in as a club, where where do you think the money should be? You know, spent should it just be all out on say a bit? You know, a shape of a Adi uh, Amy, I think it is from from Salzburg. Also, he's been linked, and looks like that deal might happen anyway. Uh, but should it be spread out further around the squad to get a bit more quality and depth, like you said? Yeah, exactly that. Um, again, one of the problems when Harvard's been out injured, then there's nobody, there's no who's a backup striker. Makoko, um, Tigas, not really, no disrespect to them, but they're not quite at that level just yet. Um, mm-hmm. If you're talking about competing for titles and stuff like that, um, they're not going to be the players that's going to get you those victories, which has obviously been proven as well. So I would like um, at least a, an, at least one more backup striker. Um, if Haaland is replaced or stays, um, one more backup striker at least. You know, like a big name that can come in and score you a few goals where Haaland was out injured. If someone was there to score even maybe like 10 goals in between that time. Yeah, we could be talking hope or we could be talking about title race, but I think that has been put to bed ages ago. Uh yeah, brilliant stuff. And before we move on from um from the game itself and kind of chatting about Dortmund, um just, just interested a little bit about your kind of backdrop with regards to, you know, the Twitter page and how, how you kind of got involved supporting uh, the the German giants that are Dortmund. Yeah, um nineteen ninety two, around that kind of um, so I've not just jumped on the bandwagon to support a, a cool team. <laughs> um, so it was, yeah, uh, seen Dortmund playing against Celtic at Celtic Park in Europe and um, the bright neon yellow strip and the noisy fans just kind of got me interested. So picked up from there and and so on and then obviously decided to, to start like a Glasgow-based fan club because they're all over Britain, probably the most fan clubs in Britain would be Dortmund there's probably about six possibly alone in Scotland um, so it's, uh, obviously as you probably know Glasgow's a hotbed for, for football so we need to have a Dortmund yeah. fan club here <laughs> Good stuff um, have, have you been able to go over to, to Signal Iduna Park any any uh, time recently and, and enjoy the, the atmosphere or see a bit of the yellow wall no, not since 2018, unfortunately. Um, I, 
luckily enough, it was in the yellow wall and it was against Augsburg. Oh, and I'm wow. not sure if you remember the game, it was with Paco because they scored 4 3 in the 97th minute or something. Or so. The 4 3 game. So it was, uh, and, and Bayern had got beat 3 0 as well with, with Gladbach the same day. Um, so it was, <laughs> it was an excellent trip. But I was lucky enough to, to get a ticket for Ibrox recently and um, got to see them playing a the game mm-hmm. at Glasgow. Um, met up with a few of the, kind of the members as well, which was good. Oh, nice. Excellent mm. stuff. Um, right, that's obviously pretty much the game covered and, and Dortmund covered as well. Um, from Stuttgart point of view, I think, uh, as you alluded to, Mark, you know, we need to take, need to take our chances. And, and as Anton said as well, maybe it could have been 2-2, especially if we got one of those chances late on. I mean, uh, like, first of all, it was Sosa. Then I think Massimo missed a free header completely. Um, and then the Sosa effort at the end was a really nice tried to hit the bar so just one of those nights for us um where we got punished by a couple of defensive errors um but Dortmund were I think as the whole game looking at the whole game they, they were the better team um but easier games for Stuttgart to come hopefully yeah absolutely just a couple of questions coming as well from some of our viewers so uh Mark Baker yeah do you think the Bundesliga misses a club like Hamburg with their fan base and history yeah I mean, yeah, I would say definitely yes. And I think it's not only Hamburg. I would say also Schalke and Werder Bremen as well, I would say. And obviously my my club as well, FC Nuremberg, is also missed, <laughs> of course. Yeah. Would you agree with that, Anton? Do you think uh, the Bundesliga is missing some of the kind of classic big giants, really, there? Yeah, you could extend this league to 26 teams to fit them all in. Um, it'd be good, <laughs> but definitely. Um, uh, Hamburg have obviously been in the doldrums for a while and I'm, I'm sure they'll get back up sooner or later but it, it possibly not this season Yeah, couldn't agree more Yeah, So yeah, let, let's move on to, to game three then Yeah, So that's going to be Wolfsburg and Bielefeld I mean, I think any Bielefeld fans watching this show are just going to turn off right now aren't they, to be honest because they were absolutely shocking in this game Like I couldn't believe it when I was watching the highlights of this just how bad Bielefeld were really I mean, right from the first minute really Andrade was just he was hauled off after what, 26 minutes was it? Like he'd already given away one goal, which was disallowed for for offside. Just absolutely shocking he was in this game. Like with all due respect to him, you know. But I just thought they were. I mean, obviously Frank Kramer is running out of time. It's got to be said at uh, Bielefeld, really. Uh, Anton, what happened to Bielefeld in this game? And were you surprised that they got thrashed so badly? Yeah, yeah, I was. They've obviously the main trouble with scoring goals, as everybody knows, but. I mean, defensively, they've, I think they lost 5-2 in the first game against Stuttgart. Um, they've had a couple of 4-0 defeats, but apart from that, they've been, they've actually not considered too many goals. They've been narrow defeats and stuff like that. Um, so I did fancy uh, Wolfsburg to win, but maybe by like 2, maybe 1 or 2-0. Um, but I was definitely surprised to see uh, the final score being 4. But as you said, with the defending, um, Boston, Boston two goals inside the six-yard box, is, the second goal is a joke. Yeah, yeah. The the way that they've been defending, how as you say, it's been quite tight. In mo- like they haven't been thrashed unduly in games where they probably shouldn't do, and it's always been quite close. That's obviously how they've played. You know, since they've been in the Bundesliga, keeping games tight. Um, but as you mentioned, that that goal scoring threat right now is just just not there. Um, they scored the least least amount of goals in the league and that's even behind Kreuter Furt uh, and that's obviously saying something. Um, uh, and I know I'm kind of 
rinse and repeating myself, but I thought it would be a lot different uh, because of the signing that they made in the summer. Yanni Serra, uh, obviously Fabian Close has not had a good time of it. Um, and, I mean, if you take away uh, Okugawa's eight goals, and that, then that is them basically not scoring any goals. So, where, I mean, where do they go from here, Anton? Do you think, obviously, without kind of going too much into our talking point later on in the show, do you think they need a change now? Or do you think they just... I just kind of run to the end of like they just don't have enough individual quality. Exactly, I think they should have included everybody knew. I've saw everybody knew the goal scoring problems. So I, I don't know how obviously the COVID and stuff like that, um, the money, the crowds, lack of crowds, and maybe that they couldn't afford to invest. But I think getting some sort of striker or, or strikers a goal for it in there um, to get them a kind of a sneaky goal here and there to to get extra points, but. Um, I think they were surprised, surprised ourselves keep staying, staying up last season, um, mostly relying on Ortega. But um, I think I think they're doomed for relegation. Yeah, and I think obviously we've got to be a little bit fair as well on Wolfsburg. I mean, they were great in this game. I think obviously Felix Nemetra is one player who, you know, is going to really kind of like kick on next season. I mean, his finishing is just brilliant. And obviously he had the goal disallowed as well, so he could have had a hat-trick with a bit more luck. But, you know, you only have to give him half a chance and he buries it, doesn't he? Like, he's a brilliant finisher. And I think, you know, if you can sort out his fitness and, like, start more games, you know, he's going to be a great player ahead of next season. Obviously, Max Cruiser as well has made a big difference to that side. I think they've not always got the results that they deserve this second half of the season. But I think, you know, this was a really resounding win and he was one of the main orchestrators behind it, really, as well. Moving on to next season, obviously, we're not a massive fan of Kohlfeldt, the manager on this show, you know, but I still think that they've got enough quality really going forward uh, to uh, finish in the top half or maybe even push for Europe next season, really. Would you agree with that, Anton? Yeah, possibly. I've actually had a look at their the running um, that towards the end of the last couple of games in the season, and they've, they've not got it easy. They're playing a lot of teams that are just something to fight for, obviously, Dortmund at uh, the weekend. Um, they've stopped to play a few of the kind of teams in the relegation area and they finish I think they finish at Bayern away um, and they've got Cologne away as well and then if I'm right mm-hmm. as well so mm-hmm. Cologne for Europe and stuff like that so I mean I, I, at first when I seen 4-0 I thought that would be them kind of out the equation for relegation or the playoff but yeah. who knows uh, <laughs> everybody knows they've got a great squad as well and good resources so they've definitely got the quality to be in there those kind of Champions League places like last season. Yeah. Hey. Definitely agreed. So, yeah, let's move on to the to game two. I mean, what a classic this was, really. You know, this was like a classic Bundesliga game, really, wasn't it? FC Cologne and Mainz, you know. Obviously, it's the carnival time of the year as well, and these two clubs are famous for the uh, the fashion carnival as well over in Germany. So it was a real party, massive crowd as well. I think they had uh, fifty five thousand roughly on in Cologne, massive crowd. I mean, it, it was great in general to see such big crowds, wasn't it, this weekend in the Bundesliga? But this is what we all want to see. You know, the first weekend, I think, where we've been able to have like unlimited crowds for like two years and two months or something ridiculous like that. So. You know, it was great to see full stadiums and this was this game was no different. But, I mean, you know, Mainz, we've talked a lot about their away form. I mean, they're a great side, Mainz, but they just can't get results on the road, can they, for some reason? And this one, obviously, they went ahead through Burkhardt. A bit of a lucky goal, really, the first one, wasn't it? Massive deflection off the defender and kind of looped around the goalkeeper and into the back of the net. 
Cologne missed quite a few chances, you know, through Medes and a few other players. But obviously in the second half, Honest Seawall went through, brilliantly finished as well. Like he smashed it into the roof of the net, well above the keeper. But then, you know, from 2-0 up, you're just saying, go on and win the game comfortably, mind really. But it just wasn't to be, was it? And they kind of, I would almost say they fell apart, really, because some of the goals they conceded, two of them from corners as well, you know, it wasn't great defending, was it? Uh Anton, do you think Mainz will be disappointed about this or do you think they've only got themselves to blame, really? Well, definitely. I'm disappointed. Um, they've seen, we've seen Cologne doing this before, coming back from two goals down, so they, they, they don't give in. And obviously the manager's got them playing this new high-intensity pressing game as well um, and not giving in. And they state the obvious, if, if you don't give in, then you get your rewards and they've, they've done that. Um, but Mainz, again... They both two nothing up, and they, they probably should have won last week as well. Uh, second half against Gladbach last week, I thought they were excellent, and it was mm-hmm. only only one of my stopped them, and that was Jan Sommer and goals. He was pulling off all sorts of stuff. So, um, again, they'll be looking to try and get a few points in the bag as well to try and push for maybe an outside chance of a European spot. Yeah, well, what do you reckon of Cohn's chances then, and sort of of maybe sneaking a, a top? Seven finish if if we're saying that seventh maybe gets the conference place again based on DFB Pokal um, finishes or or winners. Uh, do you think that would even be good for them either? Um, do you think they should maybe, you know, like on on the Baumgart, they're doing so well. He's such a character to have in the league as well. Do you think they need another season just building where they can concentrate on just Bundesliga? One game a week, other than a Pokal, you know, match here and there, rather than going into a European competition where it might stretch their squad and, and maybe have a diminishing effect on their Bundesliga form. Yeah, it's possible. I think it happened a couple of seasons ago when they qualified um, for Europe. But you've seen that their way support they took to the likes of Arsenal and stuff like that. Um, I would, I would like to see them to qualify. And as a, as a football club, players and managers and stuff like that, you must. You can't just settle for um, yeah. domestic football. You must be trying to get into Europe and you must be trying to, to get as far as you can in that. So they should be pushing it all out to, to get it. I'm not actually sure how, how the how it works if like Bayern won the Champions League and maybe Leipzig won the Europa League. Does the extra place to become available then for that? I'm not really uh, sure that's that. a very good question. Uh, one of which I definitely don't know. Um, I'm not sure about you, Mark. Do you know the implications if that, if that happened? I think it only the only time five teams can qualify for the Champions League is if the team finishes outside the top four. Yeah, I think that's it. So, for example, like if I don't know, but obviously that can't happen. I think the same with the Europa League as well. So maybe if Frankfurt won it, then I think yeah, an extra place could come available possibly. Yeah, yeah. but I think if. Um, yeah, it's kind of complicated, isn't it? Yeah, but it's... Uh, I mean, obviously, it's unlikely that Frankfurt win it anyway because, obviously, they've got to win at Barcelona. I mean, that'd be, like, the most famous result in their history, probably, if they managed to do that. But you never know, do you know what I mean? But it's, it'd be great for the Bundesliga if they could do it. But it's... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I think, obviously, yeah, I think I agree with what Anton says. I mean, a club like Cologne have got away for Europe, really, even though the budget isn't very much and they didn't have that high expectations going into the season. They've still got to go for Europe, really. Now they've got the chance. If you look at Union Berlin as well, the European run also gave them the chance to kind of build the squad up a lot as well, if you remember. Yeah. I remember last season they had a really small squad, Union Berlin, and now they've got, like, 
loads of good players. You know, they managed to sign a lot of quality players into the squad, like Fogelsammer. I know he's one of your favourites, Rory, isn't he? Uh, Fogelsammer. <laughs> yeah, I think they, they got a few Haraguchi they got as well on the back of that run. On, on Owani, I can never say his name right. Owani. Say. Yeah, but I mean, there's a lot of quality players they managed to sign on the back of that. So who knows whether Cologne could do the same, really? You know, it does generate a lot of money. You know, it gives them, you know, three, maybe four home games, which would be packed out as well in Cologne, like they always are, pretty much. So, yeah, I think it'd be a great boost for the club. And obviously, Stefan Baumgart would have to be considered for manager of the year for me if he managed to do that, really. I mean, he's just been unbelievable from 16th last season and just useless for most of the season to what they've done this year is just brilliant, really, for me. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. So, just before we uh, move on to our, our last game, the countdown, we do have a question that came in pre pre the uh, start of the show from, from our friends, VFB. Stuttgart Americana, um, who asked the question um, with Lotka keeping Hertha Berlin in the match for a long while and, and Gikovic only giving up a penalty to Bayern at the weekend, whilst Ortega and Muller had bad weekends. Which of the relegation candidates has the weakest goalkeeper? So I'll throw this question straight over to you, Anton, to get us started. Yeah. Out of those four keepers, who, who do you reckon is the worst? Don't know. It's like, <laughs> I don't like to find out uh, who's the worst goalkeeper. So I think it's it's a bit mean to, to say that. But um, I put it as well. I think we all like we all like Steph, uh, Ortega. Um, to be fair, the, the Hertha keeper was excellent in the first. He was. So I don't know. Um, maybe unfortunately, um, they should look a bit closer at home on that on that answer. <laughs> well, what do you reckon, Mark? If if you want to turn it around and be and be slightly nicer, I'm pretty sure who you would pick as the better goalkeeper out of those four. Um, do you reckon Ortega's the, the standout, and then those three are kind of scrambling below him? I think Locker's okay, actually. Yeah, I quite like Locker. Yeah, I think he's okay. But for me, there's a, a clear loser in it all. It's got to be Muller for sure. I think he's a, a pub keeper for me, to be honest with you. Yeah, I just don't rate the guy at all. I, I've said it before on the show. Like he's made tons of mistakes, and I thought, as Rory said before, he made a. For me, it was a poor mistake, really, for the second goal. You know, it's easier said than done. I probably wouldn't have saved it. But do you know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. At the end of the day, it was a poor mistake for me from Muller. And I just don't think he's had a great season, really, this year. I don't know if you feel the same, Rory, obviously, as a Stuttgart fan. But for me, it's just not been that good. Yeah, I mean, it, it was going to be tricky replacing Cobell in net. And I thought maybe the substitute keeper, uh, Bredlow, uh, obviously, I'm probably pronouncing that poorly, but I thought he might get a, a go in, uh, in net, but um, maybe I'm just basing that off footy manager experience rather than actual <laughs> experience. Um, and yeah, he's, he's come in, he's had, he's had a few poor performances for sure. Um, probably not easy being behind that kind of a wobbly defence in terms of how poor Stuttgart have defended. Uh, he does face a lot of shots, Um I think they said uh, during commentary of that game on Sky Sports that he's got the lowest expected. This is kind of working off like XG goals and stuff like that. But Muller's got the lowest expected save rate of, of shots that he is expected to save as a keeper. Um, take from that what you will. Um, but yeah, I think he's he's had a pretty poor season. He, so far in the running, it could come down to 
you know, a goalkeeper being good or bad in one certain game, which doesn't fill me massively with confidence. So Ortega for me is the standout. Uh, Geekovitz, I'd say he had a good weekend and is playing in a much more confident Augsburg side. Lotker, I mean, he's playing behind a defenders, shelling goals as well. So that can't be easy. He did a really good job. Ultimately, to only concede four of the weekend. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it's probably Mother at the moment who's the worst, which is pretty grim for me to say as a VFB fan. <laughs> um, so hopefully he watches this and gets really wound up and then he can be brilliant for the rest of the season. But <laughs> right now, um, that's how I see things. So, yeah, very interesting question. So thank you, VFB Stuttgart Americana, for that very interesting question. Um, so back to you, Mark, to finish the countdown. Yeah, absolutely. And no better place to finish the countdown really than the Berlin Derby, was it? I mean, first of all, I just want to say 74,000 for this game. What a turnout that was. I mean, I wish I was there, to be honest, because the atmosphere just looked amazing, didn't it? Like, I think Union had like seven, 8,000 away fans, like a sea of red behind the goal. It was just a superb, really, wasn't it? Like, they had the pyros going, like the flares and everything. It just looked brilliant on TV, really, this game. But yeah, I mean, as for the game, that's where the fun ended for Hertha, really, wasn't it? I mean, they were just, uh, they didn't turn up in the game, basically, did they? And they could have been long behind before they did go behind. Obviously, Geraldo Becker, Becker had tons of chances, didn't he? Like two or three chances in the first 10 minutes, really. That man Locker made a couple of decent saves. But in the end, it was that man Haraguchi who got on the end of a cross with a diving header pass. To be fair, the goalkeeper did make a bit of a mess up of that one, really, I would say. Like, it was his kind of big mistake in the game and obviously a key mistake as well because it was the opening goal. But I mean, actually, you know, Hertz were really lucky to go in at 1-0 down, I thought, at half time, And incredibly, they got back level just a few minutes into the second half, didn't they? A bit of a poor on goal, really, from Baumgartel. Like he kind of lost his footing, didn't he? And kind of it went in off his foot, then his hand, and then it was a bit of a messed up uh, on goal that one. But you know, just showing the quality of Union, really, that's when they really hit into the, the top gear, really, didn't they? And it was that man Permel who headed them in back in front just a few minutes later, and then they ended up winning very, very comfortably, really, through goals from that man Becker, who was probably the man of the match, really, for me. He had a great game in this one. And then like a, a late uh, pr uh, finish, uh, final goal as well. So, Anton, what did you think of that performance from Union, first of all? Did you think they were great? Yeah, well, I actually believe I'm not actually fancied Hertha to, to maybe sneak a victory. <laughs> I thought they were one more than anything else um, with the crowd in that. But uh, definitely, I think a lot of us German football fans watching it, maybe some non-German football fans, will definitely be adding that game to the bucket list now. Um, yeah. If... Mm. If if I can stay up, uh, hopefully it's a thing that we can see a bit more of again. But um, I thought they were ruthless at the start. They just um, Hertha couldn't get out their own box. It was like a like a classic against the ropes um, right from the start. Really good intensive start. But I, I totally agree with what you said about the goalkeeper as well. I thought excellent for the first few saves and that, and then a bit poor. The ball came across almost the six yard box area. Um, maybe we're looking to deal with that a bit better. But for Union, I thought they were excellent. Yeah, particularly, I think, in a couple of areas, um, Union targeted were um, obviously using a lot of kind of aerial bombardment in terms of getting in, not just crossing for crossing sake, but like genuinely quality crosses that were coming in from, from the left and the right. As you mentioned, Mark, Geraldo Becker was 
really, really good in this game. And the second part of it was using pace, basically. Um, so I'll see two goals come from from crosses and and, and basically the other two came from, from breaking out um, at pace. Third goal, Becker was, you know, sent sent away um, kind of against Boyata and, you know, he was gone. Boyata was nowhere near him. Um, and it's a really good finish, actually, to make it 3-1. And then similarly for the fourth, I guess, um, like a long ball over the top. And Sven Mitchell, uh, who we don't see much of, do we? Um, scored scored the fourth uh, fourth goal um, to, to, yeah, to round off the game. So... What do you reckon with this Hertha defence, Anson? Like, in theory, they had their two most experienced players in the heart of it with Dedrick Boyata and Mark Oliver Kempf, of course, signed from Stuttgart this season. And they, they were made to look very ordinary by a very on-form Union strike force. Yeah, it's a really disjointed defence, obviously, throughout the season. Um you can't really blame you can't blame Boyata for getting burned for pace against uh, Becker as well because I mean who is catching him and running down on goals as well he's, he's choking for a goal in the, in the derby as well so yeah, yeah get back to the defence def, definitely kind of powder puff defence um, taking a lot of goals um, showed a bit of promise with a clean sheet against Hoffenheim but again how do we judge that after Hoffenheim well they looked like watched the game yesterday against Leipzig and they yeah, they done absolutely nothing. Leipzig looked in control. Um, no real chance for Hoffenheim. So I don't know how to look upon that game now. The final victory against the uh, um, Hertha had, had beat them, um, but I think that Hertha are definitely going to be in trouble until probably the last day of the season. Um, but funny enough, we played Dortmund as well. So um, yeah, I would like to see them stay up right enough because the Derby game. Um, selfish reason I've said it all season as well. I mean, it's easy flights from Glasgow to Berlin, uh, easy tickets as well. So, um, what half is the end? So I can maybe plan to go for again. Well, what do you reckon to um, the kind of chat about like uh, Hertha and, and playing in the Olympia Stadion, and is it too big for them? And you know, like, that was an amazing crowd. But do you do you reckon it kind of got to them a little bit? No, I don't think so. I think a lot of the players have played in big games before in big games. Um, people say that. I mean, it's like. If I don't know if the Union were still in Europe uh, and they played for talking sake Manchester United for example right and played in front of like the sixty five thousand whatever it is they've done that before uh, against Bayern against Dortmund as well so the players know you know what I mean they're, they're professional players um, but I mean I've been to the stadium the Olympic Stadium to see Dortmund um, a few years ago um, I quite liked it but it's kind of got that feeling. Um, it's a bit like Hampden Park. If you sit behind the goals, um, you can almost forget about seeing the game. Yeah. Um, if you do a bit of research in there, you're kind of told to kind of sit in the, the upper deck to see the game. And that's what I had did as well. So um, if the stadium is a bit more compact, that could make a difference. Uh, and what do we reckon to the end of the the end of the game? Um, kind of goings on with the uh, the Hertha Berlin Ultras. Uh, I don't know if you saw it or not, but basically after the game, a couple of players were kind of they're being remonst- well, they were remonstrating with some of the Berlin ultras, and they basically insisted or told them to take their shirts off because they weren't fit to wear the shirt. Um, I mean, it's all very well having passion for your team and stuff like that, but you shouldn't really be coming onto the field of play and telling players that you can't wear the shirt. It seems a bit. 
bit uh, backwards, that one, to me. What, what did you make to all of that, if you see much of it? Yeah, I did see it, actually. I thought it was maybe the players had threw them in and they were thrown back, refused. But obviously, later on, it was kind of said that um, the fans made them surrender it. And I think it was Freddie Bobo who came out and said that um, he wouldn't have surrendered his shot. Um, it's totally kind of to degrade the players. Um, I don't know if that's going to do them much confidence getting <laughs> into the relegation battle. Um, so, uh, it's different culture for UK fans. Um, so, I mean, if it works and those players at the end of the jerseys do a turn and they're, they're running, then, then it's worked. Yeah, I think it's been something under the surface for a while though, with the Hertha fans. Obviously, not just this season, also going back to last season as well, because they only just es- escaped relegation then as well. And obviously, you know, the money that's been pumped into Hertha Berlin is pretty substantial the last couple of years, last two, three years. And they're probably thinking, how the hell are we like second bottom, basically, you know, with this team? Because they have got some big names, as you say, some players that have played at a much like a very high level, like Boyata, you know, he's played in old firm derbies as well, and also for Man City as well. So it's just like, I don't, you've got to question how they're putting it all in at times here to Berlin, you know, and it's like, obviously, as you as you mentioned, Anton, like in uh, in Magat's first game, they murdered um, Hoffenheim, but then the last two games, they've gone back to the old ways, basically, haven't they? They've gone back to two defeats, and now... You know, they've got some big games coming up, but they've got to win probably two, maybe even like they've probably got to get seven points really from the last five games to stay up, I would say, you know, and it's not looking lightly at the moment, even though they've not got that bad fixtures, but they've got to pull something out, haven't they? So I guess it was just the fans showing, you know, like this isn't enough and you've got to basically pull your finger out for the last five games, you know, but... Obviously, for Union, it's three back-to-back wins now over the City rivals this season as well. So, what an effort from them. You know, they got the win in the Cup as well and obviously the League double too. You know, obviously, they're targeting Europe as well and they've got a good chance of getting there because on this performance, they looked a really, really good side, I thought, here. And they've got quality all over the pitch and, you know, they, they did go off a little bit when Cruiser left, didn't they, in January, but they seem to have picked it up again the last two games and they found a formation as well that kind of suits the players that they've got now. So, who knows, they could get fifth or sixth this season, no problem, I would say, for me. Okay, so over to Rory to introduce the talking point then. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So obviously each week we kind of have a uh, talking point that's going on, whether it's player sack, uh, manager sackings, players in good form or bad form, um, or any kind of themes that we see. Um, So this week we're kind of focusing on whether there needs to be a change at Armenia Bielefeld based on the fact that they are uh, kind of dropping very quickly and have had, um, you know, a real poor showing in the last month or two. Um, so, yeah, so we're kind of posing the question whether Frank Kramer should should maybe be replaced um, and, and whether there needs to be a kind of fresh energy at the club a little bit. Uh, obviously, they're, they're in 16th place right now, uh, well, obviously on goal difference, which is still plus 15 ahead of Hurters. So that's obviously a kind of... Uh, Good thing that they've got going for them, but um, I think well they've won one one game in their last nine, um, which has kind of really pushed them back into the conversation. After they went on a really good spell during the Christmas period, um, which obviously what probably made everyone think they'd be safe. Brilliant away wins at Frankfurt and Leipzig and, and other kind of good draws as well in there. So. Uh, 
Well, I'll just throw this over to you, Anton. Uh, what do you reckon, you know, has been happening at Bielefeld? We've already kind of talked about their lack of goals. Um, do you think it's just maybe their kind of time in the Bundesliga has just run its natural course? Probably, yeah. I think a lot of people thought it would go straight down last season, so maybe yeah. I kind of bonus. Um, obviously, we don't really know, as I said earlier on, about the kind of finances I've got and stuff to recruit uh, more players and a bigger squad and like the goal scorer I've, I've spoke about before as well. But um, I think they've, they've, I think everybody's quite enjoyed watching them, um, especially at home when the fans are there. Uh, yeah. Kind of, as I said, ideally, Bundesliga's league got 26 teams in it and they stay in it. Um, <laughs> But unfortunately, I, I do think they're going to they're going to be the ones that drop. Um, but Kramer again, um, again, I quite like quite like him, quite like his style. Mm-hmm. Kind of honest manager, his interviews and stuff. Um, so I would be kind of saying that no matter what happens, um, he stays and he gets at least an off season to see if we can get them back up again. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's only the end of the day. There's only five games left, I guess, of the season. So how much? How much difference can a can a manager kind of do it in that short space of time? I mean that they've got they've got Bayern next. Uh, last game of the season, they go away to away to Leipzig, or, or they've got Leipzig oh, at, at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, sandwiched in between that are probably their their three cup finals, if you will. So one of them is Hertha, uh, and then they've got Bolcom and uh, Cologne. I mean, if if Cologne obviously is still chasing European football, that'll be a really tough game as well. Um, so you basically you're pointing to must win Hertha and Balkan. Otherwise, you know they're pretty much gone. Mark, Mark, do you reckon they've got enough goals in them to to stay up? Not at the moment, no. That's for sure. Yeah, I just think like the fixtures are bad as well. Really, let's be honest. Overall, it's not a good running. Really, obviously with Bayern and Leipzig, probably the two. You know, Leipzig, the most on-form team in the league and obviously buying the best team in the league. So it's not really the kind of games you want. I mean, obviously, uh, Leipzig could potentially have top four sewn up by that last game. So you don't know. And maybe they might have cup finals to come as well because obviously they're still in the DFB Pokal and obviously the Europa League as well. So that could be a, a factor as well. But even Cologne away, you just can't see them getting anything out of that at the minute, you know, because Cologne are a good side. They'll have a good crowd behind them. You know, the only games you can really see them winning are probably, you know, um, Hertha at home, which is going to be a real big game. That is going to be an absolutely huge game and on match day 32. And then, yeah, the other one is probably going to be, you know, uh, Bolcom away. But even Bolcom away isn't easy, you know, because we've seen them have a really good season. So I think they probably need like six, seven points to avoid relegation. But I'm not sure they're going to get it at the minute. But as for whether they should sack Kramer, you know, I'm not sure really because well, he's done well until the last six games. I would say he'd done a good job overall. He kept him up at the back end of last season. He had him, you know, round about... 14th, 15th this season until the last few games when it's just fallen apart, really, hasn't it? And it's just, but it is a pity it's fallen apart at the wrong time because it just seems so they've completely lost the lost the head to the minute. And yeah, but it, whether they should replace him, it's a hard one, really, I guess. Yeah, very much so. Um, very interesting to see how you know how things develop. Whether they try and do a you know a herser and press the panic button uh, and do try and bring in a. Uh, an experienced head to try and ruffle a few feathers with some of the players, but you know what what they've done for the last season and 
three quarters has been tried and tested because they're usually always in games and um you know they they've survived that way i think i had them as 15th this season based on the fact that i thought Augsburg wouldn't do so well um and Balkan have obviously surprised a lot of people as well so i thought they'd survive for that very reason that there'd be at least two teams worse off than them but that's obviously not kind of appeared to be the way so i think it's probably unanimous in Anton saying that, you know, let's keep Kramer. Mark reckons they, they should keep a hold of him as well. I'd probably think that it's too late to do anything anyway with a new manager. So I would suggest keeping him also. So let's just quickly go around the three of us and say whether we think Peter Feld will stay up or not. Um, and I will go for, sadly, no, I think they'll come 17th. Uh, Anton, what do you reckon? Same, 17th. Yeah, yeah, um, I, would, I would have complete a full house there. Yeah, I just don't see them having enough at the moment. That's for sure. Okie doke, interesting stuff. Well, once Bielefeld kind of jump out of relegation, they can point to this podcast and say they were, you know, they got out of it because we three put them down. Um, good stuff. <laughs> Thank. That's uh, obviously enough for our talking point for this week. So that brings a close to the show this evening uh so thank you very much for all the questions that have come in and and for everyone that was watching and obviously particularly to you anton for giving up your evening on monday to talk a little bit bundesliga with us and obviously chat a little bit about dortmund also so thank you very much for your time pal much appreciated thanks for asking and uh yeah over to you mark to close up the show yeah, sure. So if you enjoyed what you saw today, then check out our Twitter at Over the Bar FB and at Over the Bar Extra. Also, check out our main site as well, which is otbfootball.net. Obviously, that's the kind of centerpiece of our work. We also have written articles on there as well about, like, not just the Bundesliga, about everything football related, really. You know, obviously, we have the League One and League Two show as well uh, for any of you lower league English football fans as well. That, that, that usually goes live on Wednesdays and Thursdays, so remember to check that out as well. And yeah, remember to like, comment and subscribe below as well because it uh, helps us out over time. So yeah, thanks again to Anton. And yeah, we'll see you again on Thursday for the prediction show and fantasy football. See you then, guys. Cheers, all. Cheers. I'm not going to